Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Jules Von Hepp. Hello, I'm Sarah Powell. And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence. Because we all wobble. On this week's episode, we have got fashion blogger, Instagram sensation, and just all round good old northern girl, Lorna Lux. Now, Lorna and I have been friends for a long time and what has always resonated with me, and this is like a lot of my friends and clients who are in the public eye or have big Instagram following, is how real she is and how she doesn't hide behind this persona. She is exactly as she is and she's very like open on her stories. But I want you to see that this is a real person that is the Instagram. There is a real human being here. This is a very raw, very frank, and very honest chat with Lorna and it was an absolute, it was a pleasure to have her. We're absolutely beside ourselves to have Lorna Lux on board. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Lorna Lux. Lorna Lux, my dear friend. Oh, finally. <laughs> I know, finally I've got you in front of us. Now, Lorna, I am so obsessed with how you became to be the Lorna Lux fashion inspiration, massive influencer on Instagram. Just tell us how you got to where you got to. Yeah, I'm definitely an Instagram person, aren't I? Yeah. That's where people know me. But actually, when I started, I literally did just, it was like a hobby. I need to take daft pictures like doors. I used to be a member of like an Instagram group. <laughs> I actually like taking pictures of doors. Um, yeah, I loved it. I like. I was very London centric. I didn't live in London. But yeah. I was fascinated by London Instagrammers. So I would go on walks where so we'd like meet up and. Is this your Instagram group? Yeah. So I didn't have. Any, I, I didn't have. I maybe had like three hundred, four hundred followers. Yeah. And quickly realised that I wanted to grow that. So it wasn't like Facebook. It was. I really saw it as quite curated. Yeah. And mm. I wanted to be part of like this artistic community. And how long ago was that? That was back in 2014, I think. Okay. So it's not been that long. No. No. But it still has, it's not been overnight either, no. has it? It's I've taken definitely enough. had big steps, like big leaps. Right. And big opportunities along the way that have got me to the next level. Because how many followers are you on now? So at the minute I'm on, I'm just about to hit 600k. Gosh. I know. 600,000 people <laughs> following mental. you on Instagram. Yeah. But I still feel very much like the person that had... 400. Like right, that's interesting. the same mentality. Yeah. And I think um, that's one of the reasons that you and I bonded as friends yeah, is did, because yeah. even though Lorna has, and probably by the time this podcast goes out, you will have hit 600,000. Um <laughs> But you, to me, are still a completely normal human being. So behind the Instagram shop front, as it were, yeah. 
I know that the, there's just just beautiful northern girl that we just clicked and got yeah, on, we didn't did. we? Yeah. Because to put it into context, before you started Instagramming, what were you doing? So before that, I've had a few jobs, but just before I started, in fact, when I actually started my Instagram, I think at the time I was working for Rocket St. George, which is like a homeware, online homewares. And it was run by two women who are definitely have impacted me in terms of wanting to go out there and do something for myself. They were both very entrepreneurial. They were mates. They used to like doing car boots and quickly realised they could flog stuff on eBay. And from there, they created this business, which is now, I'm sure, a multi-million pound business. And they ship all over the world. But I was really inspired by them. And I actually went to get a job with them, having not worked for about, probably about a year. I'd had a year off. I went to get this job and I didn't get it. And then they they rang me and said, look, we really liked you in the interview. We thought you were quite good fun. Do you want to just come and be like um, a handy person in the school holidays? Great. And of course, I didn't have anything to do. So I was like, yeah, I'll come. So of course, I rocked up. And by, I'd say within six months, I was like running their customer services because I'm quite chatty. (laughs) I built up a bit of confidence and I was watching them take photos for the website and was quite inspired by that. So yeah, it was real. That year working for them was really quite a big deal for me. I think that's where I've got that creative sort of juices flowing. What happened next? So from that, um, I had grown my Instagram and become a bit of a geeky sort of Instagram groups loved all these new people that had made loads of friends was meeting them in London and going to brunches we love to brunch which is now a big thing in London yeah but initially it was three women that just loved brunching when you say your Instagram groups these are people that you follow and then you meet up with yeah yeah for a laugh so you met her with them in real life you met them online met her with them in real life and then started hanging out started hanging out and then again I was very curated which a lot of people weren't at that time it was very white and like my my feed was like white london doors with sort of outfit shots in between yeah and then instagram put me on the suggested user page i don't think that exists anymore but at the time there was 200 people on a suggested user list right and when you subscribed to instagram you had to follow five accounts if you ever remember when you signed up yeah and you would be on the list of 200 people so i was growing like 10k like a day. Wow. Oh my God. I think I went from 7,000 to 70,000 in the space of two weeks. If that happened to me, I would feel so much pressure yeah. in what and no, everything I that I was posting. Did you? Did it change the way you felt about it? I knew that everything I was going to post over that period was going to do well because I was getting a lot of traffic coming to yeah. my page. But also, yeah, that in, also a lot of peers, because obviously I'd spent a lot of time nurturing a community. Yeah. So all of a sudden having, you know, a thousand likes and hundred comments when you've got 7,000 followers to go into 70,000 with the same amount of engagement, it started to make me feel like oh, I'm a, a watered down version of what I was. Right. And I very much felt I had to prove to people that I'd, I'd earned that place because now brands were writing to me and offering me collaborations that I didn't have before. All my peer groups that I'd nurtured at 7K were looking at me going, why has she got this? Like, has she bought her followers? There was lots of things going on in the background that really are, I'd say it's a twin-edged sword being given that opportunity. And then it also just coming for you. Yeah. It's brilliant though. But also but also I think there's the element of you said something then about not not actually knowing what you were doing like brands were coming to you yeah, and then I just go like, god what am I how is this going to work? Mean, I didn't know you get paid for stuff. So of yeah. course it was brilliant for John because you know he'd spent the last 2 years buying me all these handbags and clothes. <laughs> <laughs> John's your chap. Yeah, so yeah, John's my husband. Um so it was great for him because he was like what they're going to give you stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is brilliant. Wait off, wait off, wait off his mind. God, we all love free stuff. We do love we? a free 
I get excited about a tea bag. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I will get excited over anything. You know, if you're at the station and they're giving out those little cans of Coke, I'm like, oh, quick, look. I <laughs> like it when you have to pay to get on the bus, you know, when it's broken. Oh. Like, I'll just get on. <laughs> I'm like, yes, free ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because what I really love about you, Lorna, is you're very transparent about the whole thing because yeah. with a lot, it's very easy to look at somebody on Instagram who's got 600,000 followers and to think they're either not a real person, like yeah. there is there's sort of um, a brand, there's a distance, but also that they're very casual, like, oh yeah, you know, it's no big deal. But what I love about you is, for you, there's like a science behind yeah, it, isn't completely. there? Yeah, I'm a real stats person. Um, and I've talked about this to both of you now, about how I set myself targets. I'm very passionate about, you know, my engagement being maintained. So I work hard at conversation and replying to people. And yeah, I just want it to grow because I'm really like, you know, I've been given this opportunity whether I wanted it or not. And it's now my full-time job. So I don't want to drop the ball. I feel like that pressure that I can't afford to just let it slide. I mean, I haven't technically had a day off for about three years. And by that, I mean, you know, I consistently am thinking about content creation, replying to emails. Yeah taking cute pictures, thinking about my outfit the day before, planning, making sure that my, you know, if anyone that's listening that follows my Instagram, you'll know it's quite curated, like the colours all have to match, which makes me probably look like some sort of very highly strung OCD person. (laughs) But the reality is I am just someone that just loves posting pretty pictures. I like pretty, you know, if you come round to my house, everything's very colour coordinated. I just like living in that world. It's like escapism to me. Yeah. But again, people are very lofty about it, aren't they? They're like, oh, it's just accidental. This is what I look like. So I love that you're like, well, no, I've planned that outfit yeah. and I know how I'm going to shoot that picture yeah. and I know when I'm going to do that. And you you were saying to us before that, John, you go through your stats every night. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, every night. And he's quite cute because he's like, he's way ahead of me in terms of where to get the information. So we track my social blade. And if there's big leaps in, you know, follow a follow account or whatever, we want to know where it's come from or if all of a sudden my Google Analytics says that I've had a big hit to my website, he'll find out. And you'll like search images on yeah. Google and it's brilliant because we're like a little team. Oh, it's really nice. Because on average, say per, per post, how many likes would you say is a good likes day and how many comments? I'd say a good likes for me at the minute is about 15 to 20k with a growth period. With the algorithm now, you're never going to get a huge hit of likes. Yeah. So when you see somebody that has maybe got like, you know, 10,000 likes within the space of 30 minutes... They've either got an incredibly engaged audience or they've got a subscription to like a, you know, a viral like scheme. Because right. you can pay for likes. You can. You can. Yeah. I mean, everything about social media you can buy. So for me then, again, it becomes about conversion. So we work really, we focus a lot on affiliate marketing because yeah. it's trackable. Yeah. So I can be able to say to a brand, well, look, this is how many of those I sold. This is how I converted. Yeah. Right. You can't really cheat that. No. Yeah, it's a I real mean that's tough one. That, I mean that's business, isn't it? That is stocks and shares. That's yeah. buy, buy, yeah. buy, sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And people don't necessarily think about that with Instagram. They just think, oh, it's pretty yeah, pictures they're... and brunch. But actually, there's a huge business behind you. You have turned it into a business. Yeah, it is a business. Yeah. But I agree that there is an element of like realness about it. Yeah. So I do try and I turn a lot down, um, and I do try and make it like I want people to know what I'm thinking. So I'm quite honest with my captions. Yeah. People say, well, your captions are really funny. I'm like, no, they're just honest. I'm they're saying hilarious. What, I'm saying what I'm thinking. Mm. And stories is brill. It's not curated. It doesn't need to be as perfect. Yeah. So that's quite fun. With comments, like, and this is one of the reasons we really wanted to get you on Wobble, is you're really open on your stories about how certain people will send you 
not very nice comments. Yeah. I think it's a really refreshing and what you do so well is you actually are really open about these comments that you get. Mm. And I'm going to ask like ask you something quite raw like what is the worst thing that somebody has said to you? Um there's so many things that people have said and it can be it's usually if you attack my personality. When people say like oh you're fake, you're so insecure that you're so fake. That would upset me more than if someone said your lips are too big because I feel like physical things are something that I've battled with since I was a kid so I've kind of accepted that now whereas your personality is forever evolving you we work at it so to attack my personality is like the worst so I think I feel god I feel like I'm a celeb you know when they say what's the worst thing you'd be scared of and then everyone's yeah. bombarded <laughs> you with it <laughs> I'm scared of snakes <laughs> yeah I just feel very much like that's how to get to my get under my skin because I recently was on the Daily Mail for um, Isle of Paradise launch and I scrolled through the feed and I saw oh, the page and I was like, lovely, lovely. And it got to the bottom of the comments. Oh my gosh, don't even <laughs> and, look. And don't I was look like, down. And I was like, don't read them, don't no. read them, don't read them. But then I played with the they played with the devil and down I went. And you will find it if you and go looking for there it. Was find one, it. There was one, there was one and somebody had written something like, God, he looks like a twat with that beard and that t-shirt. And I was like, if that is literally what you think when you're reading this article, then that like that's fine. And then I, I was like, I don't want to see anymore. And I scrolled back up. Mm, I was yeah. like, I've I've done. I don't need to know what anyone's thinking. Do you have a mechanism that you can almost like switch off from from seeing those comments? Like you said about like your, your body, and if someone's commenting on your lips or commenting on something, do you just like brush it off your shoulder and just ignore it? I think that I'm much more... When I've said stuff on stories, it's usually I've brought people's attention to things like my lips because I really love my lips. So I'm not. I'm quite happy to get into a conversation about it. I've had a lip job, blah, blah, blah. And so I've used that and I've put it on stories and I've let the dialogue open because I know deep down I can deal with it. Yeah. If it was something that I was very insecure about, I'm not sure I'd be as comfortable alerting everyone's attention to it. And I'd say up until maybe even a couple of months ago, I was leaving the comments online on my page, which is my personal little world, isn't it? My Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I was leaving them there, documenting them and then forgetting about it. And it's only recently that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to delete that because, like, it's not positive. It's not doing me any good seeing it there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't need your engagement or your follow. No. So you're blocked. Goodbye. Yeah. And do you block? I do. But I never used to. But it's like, I actually tweeted about it yesterday because I was like, oh, my God, I've started to block people that aren't very nice to me. And it's a revelation Mm. because it's like, you do not need these people in your life. Yeah. And once you block them, they just don't exist. Well, they they? sit there gone. Yeah. It's just not in your point of view It's so empowering. Yeah, it is. It is. Just make it disappear yeah. to not have to reason with it or wrestle with it yeah and just go oh i just don't actually need this in my life yeah. great their opinion is none of my business yeah so i i can delete it and no you know i can forget about it yeah it's nothing to do with me i think there's a really lovely thing here where like if you imagine that in real life say we were down just where we had a little lunch a minute <laughs> ago and somebody said something to me i wouldn't tolerate it and i'd just walk out of the restaurant yeah, absolutely whereas on online if somebody's saying something to you in a horrible way a lot of people just wouldn't block them because of following and I think it's really yeah. a strong thing that you're doing of just going oh no I mean part of you wants to get into a conversation about it and actually yeah. what's nice is when other people jibe in Yeah. and I think that's the point where I've always thought okay now I've got a bit of a squad behind me because when other people jibe in and go excuse me who, who do you think you are and they have a bit of a conversation on my page about me being what's this what's that like now. to look at 
Well, I think that's a really nice thing because as much as it's horrible to see one person clearly craving attention, yeah, and you know, there's bigger things going on in the world apart from like my toenails or <laughs> lips or yeah. whatever it is yeah. the problem is. Yeah. yeah, that's another empowering thing, I think. Yeah, and like in real life, if you know, if your friends stick up for you, yeah, I feel like I've yeah. got online friends. Well, you've got a community, haven't you? Yeah. There that have got you back, and that must be that must yeah. be nice to know that. Yeah. yeah, it's good. That is definitely the most positive part of social media. And in terms of, I mean, God, you've got this amazing. Like it's such a powerful profile that you have in the digital world. Like everybody knows, especially in fashion and beauty, everybody knows your account. Like in a, such a massive way. But mm. you and you are you're lucky. You get to go on trips. You get to go away. Yeah. What's it like when you meet somebody else who's in your position who you've not met before? Who you know just solely through their Instagram. Really difficult. I would say it's more difficult because I really do. I like I say I'm a stats person, so I really take care to find out as much information about everybody that is in my peer group because I feel like it's a duty as a profession to know. Yeah. Like if I was a footballer, I'd want to know not the enemy, but who's in defence. Yes. Who yeah. I might be working with. Who is a good wingman? Who is someone to avoid? Yeah. So I kind of know quite a lot about them before I meet them. So when you meet someone that you know a lot about, but then they're like, "Hi, my name's," and it's all a bit like giggly. Yeah. Like <laughs> no. you're like we both. Yeah. Know who oh, each other I know is. what you have for yeah. breakfast, babes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's quite, yeah, it's quite a strain. And of course, when you meet, sometimes they say never meet your idols. So you meet someone that maybe isn't as as fabulous, on mm. you know, in, in real life. Mm. Maybe they've got their own issues or insecurities. Yeah. And pe- there is a big disparity between people online and people in the flesh. Right. And I do navigate. You can tell actually who is quite real in my group because they're my mates mm. that I talk about online. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes you meet people in the flesh and you kind of distance yourself a little bit because there's no, they're nothing like their their online persona, yeah. which I can't get my head around. No, that is... Well, and this is something that I think everybody on... on if you're on social media, everybody's managing this, yeah. their online persona and their in real life, who, who they actually are. And I think there's been a... I think everybody gets it, even if it's just that you're just on Facebook and it's just your community that people that you have met, mm. you know what I mean, or people that you know. I think everybody is putting something out there and there is... Yeah, there's a difficult. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you handle that? I don't really. I think I really struggle with it because right. there's that element of wanting to be professional and branded, and it's Lorna Lux and my, the brands that all the PRs and the brands that I've worked with are following what I'm doing. But you've got to have a bit of realness, mm-hmm. and if you don't have a little bit of realness, then people are going to smell a rat immediately. Mm. So it's that in between of being professional and not. I'm quite positive online. Yeah. Mm. I think as long as, you, as long as you're only positive and you're not saying anything nasty about anybody, the amount of times I've wanted to go on Twitter and complain about bad customer service or it's negative and it's not, it doesn't serve the purpose. Mm. So, yeah, so I'm trying to stay more positive and use the, the platforms that maybe people follow me on to promote really positive stuff. Yeah. Mm. Or drive traffic. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you have pressure to post? Yes. All the time? Well, I mean, statistically, to, to keep the algorithm bobbing along in your favour, mm. you should be posting once a day. Yeah. Mm. Um, and stories as well. Stories drives traffic. Mm. Right. So, I don't know. Like, I don't always because I've started to enjoy myself and yeah, you're having a, a good time yeah. living your life um, yeah sure you know, sometimes I go yeah. back through old pictures or put that up no one remember that one <laughs> <laughs> there's always one that goes oh I remember that one from 2014 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like a story again. in a pub it just yeah. comes straight yeah. back round <laughs> well I tell everyone everything twice so it's fine it's what you do though isn't it yeah but yeah uh, I do feel a pressure yeah I'm sure everyone that is doing what I'm doing right now feels that pressure I feel a lot of pressure to put I love Instagram. I really enjoy it. I I, I don't. I have, um, but I enjoy I it. Follow and I love it. Oh, thanks, doll. Yeah, you two follow me. That's it. <laughs> it's just this. This is my Instagram. For, this is my meetup right here. <laughs> this is it live. No, we? we need to do that in the pub. Then. Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, but I really enjoy it. I know what you mean about the algorithm because it is when you see your followers go up. It's a hit. There's a science behind yeah. it that you get the same kind of rush. I believe yeah. you do as well. Yeah, I do. Well, it will be that element of feeling loved and yes. feeling like people want to see yeah. what you're talking about and that is addictive that's an addictive little feeling so i i'm like oh i want more i want more so i'm gonna post i'm gonna yeah. post and it's yeah you sometimes you have to do you ever have to just take a step back and go every okay, day i'm getting obsessed mm. yeah I, I, the first thing i think about when i wake up 
And I and also I'm not very planned. So I've got mates, really good mates on Instagram that are doing a really good job and they've got like four or six four to six images in the bank. They know what the next four to six images are. Right. I don't know what I'm posting today. I haven't even taken it. So I will have to post a picture today. Yeah. I've got a ba- I've got like a vault of about four or five pictures that I can slide in. Yeah. If yeah. I'm really struggling. Emergency pictures. But I know yeah. there's going to be a marital row before that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to get that picture. And John as well is very careful and is considerate to me and is like, look, I, you know, I, I want you to get that picture. Like, what are you wearing today? So you need a dark background. Wow. You know, we have those conversations. Yeah. Where should we go for lunch? So you need to be sat outside and we'll be looking at where's heated outside. Well, it's minus two. (laughs) Um, Also, like, I mean, it's very easy to forget that, I mean, Instagram for you is a business. And it's like, if you owned a shop, then you would be thinking when you woke up, you'd be thinking about the shop first thing. I think about Isle of Paradise first thing. That's what happened. Boom. That's all I think about. I think about lunch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then I think about lunch. Um, It's, of course, you're going to think that. And it's so lovely that John supports you. He's lucky to have that. Because a lot of people say to me about Instagram, and it's advice that I give people, is you are the curator of your own content. Like, you've, you're in control of following the people that you follow. You don't have to follow those people. But I'm guessing in your position, you have to follow people that you don't want to follow through work. Absolutely. And to be honest, I'm kind of the same. There are people that I don't necessarily want to follow, but I have to follow because it's work. How do you deal with... if? Is there a certain person, like there are certain people on my feed that when every time I see them, I feel a bit, I feel a bit crap about myself. Yeah, well, you get, yeah they're triggering for you. Yeah, for they're whatever triggering reason. something. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I have to go, it's just work. Like, I, ha, is there anyone like that on your feed and how do you deal with that? There's probably 5% of people on there that I follow because I, yeah, I've met them. I've probably been on a trip with them. Yeah. And it would look bad for me to unfollow. Mm. But I don't necessarily get any of the feels following their pictures yeah Mm. i wouldn't say that they make me feel like they give me a wobble or that they Mm. make me feel bad or they trigger anything um if those kind of people come 100 percent, i would unfollow yeah Mm. because i spend so much time on there Mm. so it would be really detrimental to my mental health Mm. to have to be dealt with those images all the time yeah Mm. and it would go in even without you realizing it you know Mm. i can look at something on instagram and be triggered by it in some way and then just feel bad for another half an hour and i trace it back and i'm like oh god it's because i saw that post yeah and that's toxic isn't it Mm. it is and even i'm very conscious of the fact that my content could be quite triggering to a lot of people because it is very edited um you know i very much make sure that everything the light's perfect i use a really expensive camera i face tune i photoshop i i don't really photoshop anymore because i'm too lazy but i would do <laughs> you edit your pictures but i edit my pictures yeah. and i want them to you know if there's a spot i erase it if there's a hair out of place mm-hmm. you know i do i twiddle with it yeah. to make it how i would want it to look yeah i think what we were talking about earlier is if people are seeing your images and they're getting triggered by it it's almost there's a responsibility for them there isn't there to go okay i need to not look at lorna's page so much yeah maybe because or in a made, comparative way yes yeah but you can't how you you can't implement that there's nothing you know you do no. for that and i am more about the clothes like i chop my head off in a lot of pictures it really is about the clothes yeah. that's something that i mean we've chatted about it many times and that's something that really drew me to lorna even as a friend i read an article about you before i even met you and it was and you said 
in the article, it's not about me, it's about the clothes. Yeah. And that's what my feed is. It's all about the clothes. Mm. And so that's fine because you're not changing your clothes and that's, for me, what yeah. your page is about. And you yeah. do you do chop your head out and you do turn the other way and it is all about the outfit. And that's I think that's what people have to remember that, you know, so I think in someone in your position with this many followers, you're not doing it to make other people feel useless. You're just doing that to, to make sure that they're focusing on the outfit. Yeah. yeah. And it does make a big difference. I don't mm. know if it's... I can't... I've not worked out yet. If me chopping my head off is because people just can't bear to look at the face and that's why it does so <laughs> well when I do chop the head off. Or if it is just that thing of removing the personality and the... People can imagine themselves wearing that outfit. I love how sciencey you are, Lorna. I love it. It's my favourite thing. No. Yeah. So like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to find out I why this does well. Geeky. You um, are geeky in a really <laughs> lovely way. It's so brilliant. Um, something you said earlier when we were talking about um, the difference between somebody um, sort of attacking your personality rather than, you, like yeah. you said, with your appearance, you can handle it because you've been on such a journey. Yeah. So what's, what's your journey and where are you at now, do you think? Um, so as a kid, I was always really fat and didn't really like sports um I was quite popular like I remember being at brownies and always being quite popular but I just wasn't very athletic so of course as you get to school you get bigger I never had any correlation between food and weight gain right so I've never so all the way up into my teens and getting to university I was always quite a big girl right and was always very unhappy about it but didn't realize that you could actually do something about it and it was only when I got to uni and couldn't get a boyfriend that it instigated that weight loss and then being adored and having that adoration that comes with being a slim girl right was quite a little bit like getting likes on instagram it's quite a buzz Mm. and i would say that my entire 20s i was addicted to that feeling and then i think when i got married i was an air hostess for most of my 20s which i mean i got weighed at my interview um, and you were measured. How does that feel being I mean, weighed? And it was measured? all about. My but it's, oh, it is to do. There is a reason why air hostesses get weighed. Yeah, it's to do course. with like if a plane goes down and like you. Are, I can't remember what it is. You, I think it probably. I think it's something to do with like BMI. I don't know. But I just remember feeling in the twenty in my twenties like I had to be a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And so that um, certainly all the boozy trips and you know going away to Caribbean and living it up on burgers and things. I had I was constantly through my twenties managed my weight with bulimia bit of anorexia dipped in and out really of the two of them so it was really damaging it was really Really damaging and then getting married and then feeling this sort of like oh I still don't feel like I can be me I think I, I really dove into this deep depression of wanting to be perfect and I mean, I think my I, anorexia took hold and I became this shell of what I was. I think I was like five stone. I was God. a real like frail little God. thing. I mean, that's really poorly. That's, yeah. I, that's I mean, I just couldn't see it. I thought I thought I looked great. And it affected my job to the point where I couldn't get out of bed because I was so depressed. So actually I had to go to rock bottom to then get back up. And I spent a year at home. Bless John. He just, you know, nurtured me. And then there was that turning point where I applied for that job with Rocket. Yeah. And then didn't get the job, but felt okay because I'd made it to the interview. And then them inviting me back. And they kind of nurtured me. I, you know, it was a, a warehouse full of women that all talked about real stuff. Yeah. And I'd never had that because as crew, we were all living a sort of champagne lifestyle on a lemonade wage. Yeah. yeah. But we were living this sort of glamorous pretend everything's, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. And now I was with real people that had like normal things going on and kids. And they really taught me to sort of like myself. And then, obviously, my Instagram, I actually, as well as taking pictures of houses, I was taking mirror selfies to sort of document 
hours looking. Right. Yeah. Trying to get my head around it, really. Yeah. Trying because to reconnect. I, yeah, kinda. because I just didn't recognise this person in front of the mirror. Yeah. And it's great to look back now and go, wow, like, then I thought I was a bit podgy and, of course, I was emaciated. Most of the women that I shoot, go on these trips with, are very, very slim, 10 years younger than me, you know, really beautiful girls. And the old me wouldn't deal with that. Whereas I think I've had to come through all of this to sort of be like, do you know what, I'm all right. I think I'm all right. It doesn't bother me the way it probably would have done. Because you've been there. Yeah. Because you went right down there. But I'm still susceptible to going there. Right. And I'm what? still very fussy around what I eat. I'm very controlling, I would right. say. Mm. Mm. So as long as I'm in, in control of it, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, I'm very empathetic of other people around me that maybe struggle with eating mm. or anxiety issues. Mm. And I'm almost drawn to them. And for a little while, I did become that person that sort of took them in, under my wing. Yeah, because that's, that's a really common thing to do, to, to play it out with somebody else yeah. or have that reflection with somebody else. Which can be quite damaging to yourself. Yeah. Because it forces you to start questioning yourself. You know, you, you like you say, it's projection, isn't it? Yeah. One of the reasons why I very rarely talk about my eating issues, and it's certainly not really something I cover on my blog. Occasionally, I tweet about it, but it's not. So, most people, tell, most times I say it, people are like, "Oh, I didn't know about that." Mm. It's because I just genuinely don't feel that I can, I can give you advice on everything. But this is one area of my mental health that I am still dealing with. Right. And I feel I would feel a fraud to try and give someone advice on it because I don't to this day take my own advice no mm. and every day is kind of like well we'll just see how i get on but it's you know even my husband like even john knows that if we go out for dinner yeah i think you all have probably seen this but we always share food because he always knows that i won't be overwhelmed with my meal if we share it so we tend to go out for tapas right if i ordered a roast dinner we'd have to share it we order a club sandwich because we can share it so that's my managing my like control issues around food yeah well you found a system that works you yeah, found something that works exactly. for you and I think it's so much about that I think I think if, if anybody's got trouble in any area if you can mm. find a system yeah. it is just about and that's the system mm. that works for yeah. you so that's it's just all for about for me I don't that. weigh myself right I just cannot no, weigh myself same. can't go near the scales I don't have them in my house don't <laughs> weigh myself because I know what will happen because I've been there and it's just like I'm just like am I happy Yes. Yeah. I'm looking in the mirror every day and I'm like, do I like what I'm looking at? Yes. Fine. Yeah. That's cool. Carry on my day. Same. I think you can just get yourself in such a spiral. It's also so easy to compare yourself to other people on Instagram. And like what I hope if you are listening to this from what you've learned from Lorna is that these people that you see on Instagram, however many followers that they have, they're normal just like you and I. We're all people. You know, No one's different due to the amount of followers that you have. Everybody has these these wobbles. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through their own ups and downs. And it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. That's completely cool. And you are so brave, Lorna, for coming on this podcast and like talking so openly like you have. Because I'm hoping that it really cuts through and really helps people who maybe look at folk like yourself and think oh they're like superhuman yeah mm. and perfect and, yeah gosh if only <laughs> <laughs> well perfect doesn't exist no, that's doesn't. The thing. no your flaws are what make you i always think i think the reason why we met and got on was because we were both quite good at taking the mick out of ourselves oh yeah and that's quite a, i find that quite an attractive trait in people in general we always ask everyone it comes on the podcast this lorna yeah. when you wobble what mm. makes you wobble um, I think it goes back to me being in control of things. So I normally have a wobble when things when the plan changes. Right. So if the plan... And not to the point where, like, I came to meet you today and then you were like, oh, should we go and have some lunch? That mm. wouldn't really make me wobble. Mm. But, like, if I've had something planned for a week and then the whole thing changes, I do have a bit of a... Oh, God. 
have a little moment yeah and have to take a deep breath and just like you do have to have that moment with yourself where you go okay what are my coping strategies for this take a deep breath just nobody's going to make you do anything you're not comfortable with yes but don't embarrass you you know i don't want to embarrass myself that's what's going through my head Mm. And don't I let think, yourself down don't let yourself down yeah and we have that a lot because it's that thing between what you want and what's right for you but you don't want to let anyone down and I think everybody has that in, mm. in some way whether it's even not going to a birthday party because you don't want to go but you don't want to let them down yeah. you know everybody sort of gets that a little bit so you're right you do have to have a moment with yourself and go it's okay I can do what I want and like you said about smiling you know have a big smile on your face yeah. it kind of it's infectious yes and people are just drawn to the smile yeah mm. and that's a real weapon for me now when I go anywhere, I smile. Smile at the wall. Yeah. Well, smiling <laughs> makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. I've, it does. I've built my whole Killed bloody career, smile. to be honest. People respond to you differently when you smile. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Um, Lorna, we could keep you here. We could get the drinks trolley in. I'm, we could I'm keep you here all afternoon. I'm actually devastated there isn't a drinks trolley. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. So are we. Thank you so Thank much you. for being Thank a wobble. You. If people want to follow you, your Instagram is... Yeah, Lorna Lux with an E. And your website and your blog. Same, all same. I think Twitter's Lorna underscore Lux. Apparently there's two of us. Oh, really? Oh, fun. Interesting. <laughs> all fun. Um, Lorna, thank you so thank much you. for being on Wobble. So we both said how brave we thought Lorna was to talk about everything that she talked about in this episode. So we are going to put some links in the show notes to just various organisations. If you think you need to go and talk to somebody, have a look there because there will be people who can help. Um, but also what I loved is that Lorna very openly said she had to hit rock bottom. Yes. And sometimes we have hit rock bottom. I've hit rock bottom before. And you come back out the other side. There is the other side that you come back up out of. And now she's got a really successful business and she's living a life and she's really enjoying herself. But it's not been easy. And she has to deal with these comments every day. But, you know, she wobbles. We're all human beings and we all wobble and we all have these moments. And things will always get better. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wobble. I'm Sarah Powell. And I'm Jules Von Hert. Um, You can find us online. The best thing to do is to go to our Instagram, which is Jules and Sarah podcast. Uh, find us there and also uh, rate this podcast. We'd love that. Yes, yes. Absolutely. We love subscribe. being rated. Subscribe. Absolutely. And this is in association with a tanning brand that I have co-founded called Isle of Paradise, a brand that is here for you uh, to help you look and feel better. And we'll see you next time for another brilliant guest. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.